1: This sound is under my feet. Under my feet. Come on! Woo!
0: Hey, glory, 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 glory! Father, we are grateful for the opportunity you've given us to delve into your word and direction for the month. We thank you that it is not by power nor by might, but by the Spirit of the Lord cause whatever we are doing to be a success by the spirit of success. In the name of Jesus, we are grateful for what you've done for us today and yesterday it was amazing. What a grace, what a glory. We corporately thank you, my Father. And we are ready for greater dimensions of glory. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, We pray as every child of God says, Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. All right. Thank you so much. There are things that God normally gives us. Okay, let me put it this way. Every person has a particular calling and a grace but especially for believers there's a strange phenomenon to the extent that the area to which they have been called seems to be the area in which their warfare is the strongest. The area to which they have been called is the area in which their warfare seems to be the strongest. May I immediately suggest, I will preemptively suggest to you that one way to discover purpose is to notice the areas in which the warfare on your life, the warfare or warfare in your life is the most. So sometimes you notice that a person has been called to finance but it seems every deal financially is failing. We'll get into the scriptures, but let me just give you um, an abstract argument. There are people who've been called to preach holiness. They are with the most scandals. (laughs) You find that people who've been called to discuss relationships, are the ones who are failing in their marriages.
1: I'm
0: not failing. (laughs) Teaching you. We are doing very well. (laughs) In many Christian families that I've dealt with, it's not, this is not... um, a one-size-fits-all. But in the deliverance ministry, I came to notice that the people that have not matured to understand what to do in a warfare, that God called as doors to their families are the most afflicted. So you find that a person is a believer. They come from a family of five. They are the first to get saved. They are the ones that God has appointed to bring everyone to the kingdom. But when it comes to demonic affliction, you discover they are the most afflicted. They are the ones failing at school the most. They love Jesus, they serve in church. But the affliction is just too much. It's because the devil knows that the moment I let my hands loose on this one, if the whole family, so if I wear this one down, then I have closed the door to everyone. So they cannot reach out. You find that there are things, so you find this girl, for example, is looked down on because she's struggling with school. Now, that struggle is spiritual, it's not that she's down. But you find the cousins and the fathers and the brothers and sisters, they are passing. They are flowing. Yet for her, you have to pray every time she tells you she's about to write exams. Because she's designed to be the light. He is designed to be the light. So the moment that the light is overflowing, then everyone will will go towards the light. So there is a strategy in the kingdom of darkness to go for those who, you know, there are people who God has called us those. I'll give you an example. In church, uh, we've got Pastor Flavia. When Pastor Flavia got saved, he brought Patience, Deaconess Patience, who is, she's now a Deaconess, brought Pamela, brought Deaconess Natasha. Uh, for those who don't know Deaconess Natasha, is the one who was giving the poem, The, the Light Lady. Then she brought, he brought Shelly. He also brought Linda, some of you don't know Linda. Even the father, I've counseled the father a few months ago. I've talked to him, we've prayed together. So at some point, the warfare that was on Pastor Flavian's life before he was a pastor was serious. It was a depressing issue. The boy was depressed. The man was depressed. (laughs) At the time, he was a boy. But the moment he broke out of it, the whole village was saved. There is a system in the kingdom of darkness which which invests capital, machinery, heavy-duty resources on people that God has called to be those. And sometimes you find that the particular calling that you have is the one that attracts the opposite kind of the blessing which the calling should flow with. So I'll give you an example. God speaks to Abraham. Abraham at the time, and he tells him, I'll I'll multiply you, I'll make you a father of many nations. And it's so exciting because God has said it. But 20 years later, and the man is barren. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, he was there when God was telling him that, you, your, forget the money, your, your greatest blessings, your greatest blessing is to, you will have children like nothing. You will have children. He, in fact, he took him to the sea. He says, count the sun. Mm, Lord, I can't, he says, good. That's how many your children will be. Wow. God took him to the stars, he says, count them. He says, Lord, is it possible, for, he says, good. Your children will be as many as the stars. Yet it appears, the greatest warfare that Abraham, even his name was changed by the way, from Abraham to Abraham, from exalted father to um, the word Abraham, technically and precisely means father of a multitude. That's what it means. Yet 20 years, and the man is not able to have children. 25 years from the time that God spoke, no child. It took 25 years for, for a man of a multitude, a father of a multitude, to have one child. <laughs> are, you, are you seeing that? I want you to look at the Israelite nation because Abraham was taught in Genesis chapter 13. Through you, the families of the world will be blessed. And God continues to make promises to him, telling him that I will multiply you. You will be kings who come out of you. King. Meaning he will be everywhere. Meanwhile, the struggle in the area that God called him, It means that he was supposed to go everywhere. Isn't it interesting that ministers who have prophecies for going to nations are the ones who are stuck in one place? Do you know how many times I've been told you go to nations? (laughs) And I was there when God was telling me. (laughs) Sometimes it's different when it's people who are telling me, you can excuse them. But sometimes when so many people tell you, you are going to nations, now you just tell them, when you meet a prophet, you ask him, are you about to tell me I'm going to nations? <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, just beyond the easy. don't worry. Because now you just get like, you know, what is happening? Meanwhile, after God tells him, through you, the nations of the world will be blessed. He now begins to give him a prophetic word. A very strange... Let me call it a prophetic word for now, because God doesn't give prophetic words. To him, nothing is prophetic. Everything is reality. It is to us that things are prophetic, because to us there's a future. To him there's no future. Everything is there. Alright? But for now, let's just say, God gave me a prophetic word for purposes of semantics. In the book of Genesis... Chapter 15, NLT, verse 12, and the Bible says, As the sun was going down, Abram fell into a deep sleep, and the terrifying darkness came down over him. Then the Lord said to Abram, You can be sure that your descendants will be strangers in a foreign land, and there, and where they will be oppressed as slaves for how many years? For 400 years. Now, I thought his descendants are supposed to be everywhere because he was promised to be. So, as a man promised to be a father of many nations, how come your descendants are stuck in one place? Mm. Meaning, even on the descendants, the blessing they have to spread and be everywhere, that word they have is attracting a warfare of being pushed into one place. So, there's a word on the Israelites. There's a word on the descendants of Abraham from the word that was on their father to be a father of many nations. That means for them, they are also supposed to be fathers of many nations. A, that means they're supposed to be everywhere. Yet there's a word on them. God is observing the future. He sees that, ah, these people are going to be stuck in one place for not for two years. Two years is good because you are learning something. 400 years. I'm trying to show you that. Sometimes the word that you've been given as the word which is going to define your prosperity or your success is what attracts its opposite warfare and the warfare is so great. Let me show you another mystery. It's not a mystery. It's just a scripture because we're going to have some Some kind of Bible study. Genesis chapter 26. Genesis chapter, in fact, let's look at maybe chapter 15. Pardon me. All right, in chapter 24, Isaac meets Rebekah. Basically, they get married. And here, let me just tell you this interesting thing. So, in Genesis uh, 24, Abraham meets his oldest servant. In Genesis 24, that is. And he tells him, please, go and get a wife for my son Isaac. Because the Bible begins by saying, and Abraham was old and well stricken in age, and the Lord had blessed him in all things. But he called his elder servant and said, I'll make you swear by the Lord of heaven, God of earth, you shall not take a wife unto my son of the daughters of the Canaanites. So basically he's saying to his servant, go and find me a wife for my son. Because Abraham is growing old, but this guy, his son, he doesn't even have a girlfriend. <laughs> when, when Abraham would ask for Isaac's phone, he would give him without hiding. <laughs> at least I know about it. someone. Dad, oh, this phone, no. Why are you hiding? But nothing. The man was honest. And guess what? Isaac was about 40 years at this time. So Abraham was tired of pretending. <laughs> Some brothers just don't have stories. So Abraham was like mm. Let me organize quickly. Let me do it Indian style. He only gave the... Remember that the Bible says Abraham was, was stricken in age. He was an old man. So when you, when you grow in, in age, you stop going round circles. You know? So this is what happens at this time. So they go, they find this wife, and they bring him to... They bring him to, to Abraham. Now, look at verse 25. Some just... That's the bevel I want you to see. Then again, Abraham took a wife. I thought he was old and well stricken in age. His wife had died. So I thought Abraham. <laughs> then again, Abraham took a wife. Her name was Geturah, and she bore him all these children: Zimrah, Zimra, Jokshan, Midan, Midian, Ishbak, and Shua. And even had six more children. There's an Abrahamic blessing. <laughs> which you need to start. <laughs> and every wife should also claim it. Because you can find the, the husband is secretly believing this is a blessing. <laughs> then the moment you, you rapture, <laughs> the man is eight years old. That's when his strength is renewed like an eagle. <laughs> You had six children with him. At eight, he has twelve more. <laughs> ah! So I was shocked. When, I was just reading this and I said, "I need to teach my wife this blessing." Because me, I believe it. <laughs> and I believe it. Me. Just <laughs> sitting next to a wife. Don't look at her because they may not like it. But just encourage them to believe it as well. Praise God. <laughs> Now, here's an interesting thing that we notice In verse 19 of chapter 25. This, his father, this is strange. His father had this warfare, remember? When he broke out of that warfare, after his wife died, he still married because he had broken. Now the son thought, because my father dealt with this warfare, I've also dealt with it. But in verse 19, the Bible says, in fact, in verse 20, the Bible says, and Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah to wife. Verse 21, look at this. And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren. So let's imagine he married at 30. In that period, his father was having children. (laughs) Yet him, he was trying and believing in God. Like <laughs> <The> an old man. <laughs> was having children. But the same warfare that his father had was also upon him. Because the promise was to Abraham and his seed. But remember, to reach the seed, which is Christ, there have to be seeds. So the promise has to be passed from one seed to the other. So now this seed has to have more seeds. But then that warfare is still on that wedge, which is to you and your seed, Abraham. That that warfare is still there. So when this guy now reaches here, he finds there's a warfare. Look at that. And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren. The problem was not coming from him, from her. You see, I'll tell you something. I was dealing with a couple a few weeks ago where the husband was telling me there's some things that are happening in the marriage, basically. And she suspected him of having a spiritual husband. And he said, I think it's possible because there's some things that happened to me which have disturbed the marriage. And I said, you know these spiritual thing, you can be thinking the problem is on him, but it's coming from you. And the way that it's affecting the marriage is that it's affecting him. That's how it is. You can find it could be true that there's a a demonic spirit which is afflicting the husband or the wife. And the symptoms are manifesting in the other party. But the real host of the problem is the one who is not manifesting the symptoms. Because this is how spiritual things operate. So when we are praying, it seems the evil spirit actually came out from the wife the way that I predicted it. But she's the one who brought the husband for me to pray for, her, for him. <laughs> in any case, both of them were free, praise God. Because in any case, they are one. <laughs> so, the barrenness may have manifested in... But the problem was coming from because the warfare is inherited. And for a number of times you will begin to see the same problem coming even on Jacob when you study the Bible. So, sometimes the greatest warfare, it's a trend the greatest warfare is a revelation of purpose. Where that warfare is the strongest could be where purpose is being fought. When Jesus Christ was born, what was when Mary was pregnant, what was the name of the child to be what was to be the name of the child? Jesus, right correct. But when he was born, what happened? Okay. What does Jesus mean? What happened when Jesus was born to children two years and below?
1: <laughs>
0: it was an exact opposite of his calling and purpose. And if he looks back, he will be told, you when you were born, people were dying. So we called you, you know in Africa. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Meanwhile, it was because there was a spirit of death which noticed life everywhere. So it manifested and began killing people. when Moses was born what happened to children two years and below yet what was his purpose to save people from bondage and take them to the promised land so you can imagine sometimes the enemy could even give him some kind of mental health issues because you when you were born this is what was happening because you this is how. so it's the purpose is just to kill the dream that God has placed in your heart So you begin to notice that the greatest warfares can come from a place of purpose. Let me also quickly say this. So it means, therefore, that the fact that God gave you a word does not make it automatically coming to pass. Amen. Write this down. The fact that God gave you a word does not guarantee its coming to pass. Let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. In Genesis chapter number 15 and verse 13, the one we read before, God had said that your descendants Abraham will be slaves in a foreign land for how long? Now, God does not guess. He does not speak in tentative language. He is very exact when he's speaking. But I want you to notice something that happened. In Exodus, Exodus chapter, four, chapter 12, verse 40, what does it say? The people of Israel had lived in Egypt for how many years? Oh, I thought God said 400 years. So the fact that God says 400 does not mean it may happen 400. I want you to understand how to work with God very accurately here. So now the question I have here is this. Why is there the difference of 30 years from what God said? what happened
1: i'm
0: trying to i'm trying to teach you how to diligently there's praying there's also watching Mm -hmm. the place of prayer is a place of revelation it's a place of fellowship with god it's a place of understanding the will and purpose of god and the timings in the spirit but the place of watching is a place of diligently working with God to ensure that his word comes to pass. (laughs) We have a responsibility to pray, but we also have a responsibility to watch. The word of God should not just be watched for its fulfillment. It must be enforced by faith for its fulfillment. The word of God must not just be watched For its fulfillment it must be enforced by faith for its fulfillment i'll give you an example there's a scripture that bothered me for the past few weeks as i've been studying the book of hebrews that's the book of hebrews chapter 4 It says, verse one, let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest. In fact, let me read it from the NKJV. Let us therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear. In other words, let us be diligent. Lest any of you seem to have come short of it. Listen to this. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the gospel or the word which they heard did not profit them you See the word of God is supposed to profit you And let me also say this you can write it down the fact that you have heard the word of God does not mean you will profit from it It's not a guarantee that you have heard from that's why you can come here some people's minds are everywhere because The word of God is a person The word did not profit them. Why? Because because the Bible says, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. Why didn't the word of God profit them? Because there was no faith mixed. So for the word of God to profit you, it must be mixed with the ingredient of faith. You see, there are many things that pastor will come here and talk about, amazing things, First, you know, the first dimension of the blessing that the word, the word of God gives us is just the way it sounds. It's sweet. The things you are learning, the revelations that you are getting, it's so sweet. That's the first dimension of the blessing. But the next dimension of the blessing is the material side of the word of God. Whether it's situational material or it is actual material material, there is a profit that must be hewn from the word of God. Now, that's the second dimension, and that one requires faith. It requires faith they heard the word of god they heard it on mount sinai but it did not profit them many of them died in the wilderness those who were 20 and above they died in the wilderness why because although they received the word of god they did not mix it with faith so hearing the word of god about what we are supposed to be and what we are supposed to do or what is coming to us is not enough for us to see those things come to pass We must mix the word of God with faith. And what does it mean mixing the word of God with faith? Saying and doing. That's what faith is. Saying and doing what has not yet been seen, heard, felt, tested yet. This is why the Christian now does not look normal. Because you are not called to be normal. So why are you trying to be normal? But one of the reasons, or in the dimension of saying, because faith is a doing word, right? Mm -hmm. Let me show you something. It's gonna make a lot of sense. Daniel, I want to show you why it took 30 more years for the Israelites to leave. Yet the word of God said. 400 years exactly. But it took them 30 more years. During the reign of Jeremiah the prophet. God had revealed it to him. That the Israelites would be strangers. In a foreign land for 70 years. Right. But the Bible says in the first year. That's Daniel chapter 9. In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, in the lineage of the Medes, who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans in the first year of his reign. Ah! I mean, look at that. You think you're prophetic, you don't even have a (laughs) diary. There are simple disciplines in the prophetic if you have to be entrusted with greater prophecy. You have not died. You just uh, had a dream. <laughs> Look at this guy. There's a reason why the Bible says the spirit of excellence was on him. Wow. Look at the detail. In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, the lineage of the Medes, who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by the books the first theological realm of the prophetic is the books. You can begin to understand your life by studying the Bible. You see, the kind of prophetic that I walked in at a certain point, I knew where it was coming from and which lineage it was by studying the book of Zechariah. There is Ezekiel, there is Daniel, but I knew For me, when I study this guy, I understand how my prophetic operates. Because the way that Zechariah prophesied was different from the way Ezekiel prophesied. So I knew who I was. The Spirit of God began to explain to me the way the anointing on my life, the prophetic anointing on my life works as I was studying the Bible. If you are expecting to be very prophetic, but you have no relationship with the Word of God, you will be pathetic instead of prophetic. Because there is no encounter in the Spirit that becomes legitimate without it having some form of root in the written Word of God. Some people want to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit separate from what the Word of God teaches. So you find in the morning they post five doubts. Good morning, Holy Spirit. And when you ask them, why are they five? (laughs) I know I'm starting a fight. Why not one? Or why not seven? And all those things are not wrong. So, if you hear a voice which says to you, stand up, go and tell her, that her mother will be fine. She'll be healed. You master that voice. Then you say, yes, my mother is not okay. She'll... And the mother is healed. Well, praise God. The next time that voice comes to you, stand up. Go and tell him. He'll pass his exams. Ah, oh, it's true. I've been worried. I've been worried. So you're now getting acquainted with that voice, right? But the, again, that voice will come up and say, stand. Kill. <laughs> it's the same voice. The voice of every character is spelled in the Bible. So if you are very exposed to the realm of the spirit, but you have no biblical roots, you are likely to get into divination. Because the character of God is spelled in the Bible. So you will know God is patient, God is kind, because God is love. You will know the way God spoke to the prophets of old, and now God speaks to the prophets anew. So this is why to be very prophetic. Now, you can be very prophetic and not exposed to the word of God. Different reasons. But there's a danger. And many people have gone into error. So this is why I love Daniel. The first dimension, he says, I, Daniel, understood by the books. He understood. He had insight by reading the books of Jeremiah that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolation of Jerusalem. That means Daniel knew by studying books, that it was time for the Israelites to leave Babylonian slavery. So he understood events of time by studying the Bible. Let me tell you also something. If you study the prophecies of Jeremiah, you can tell that the prophecies of Jeremiah are the prophecies that Daniel picks up on. So that mantle was picked by studying the word. mantles can be picked by studying the word not not just going to look for men of god in the word of god you can pick a mantle look at everything that jeremiah was prophesying where he left off in fact on daniel the the anointing was even greater because when you when you look at the things that he prophesied about and the detail and what would happen you will be just shocked there's a podcast i did i think it should be titled The bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why I talked about some of these things. So when you are faithful to an anointing, which is not as great as the one you are looking for, when you are faithful in understanding things through the word of God, it was after this that Daniel now began to have great visions of an Michael coming, of seeing a God, and seeing nations, and things like that. Mm-hmm. So when you are faithful in little, you'll be faithful in much. But you just want much. You've never, the little you have. You just want a greater oil on your head. <laughs> God is still in the business of faithfulness. Mm-hmm. Tell your neighbor, God is still in the business of faithfulness. Mm-hmm. Even as a disciple, those guys who finish discipleship classes should now be trained to be disciples. Even as a disciple, you will notice that when you are faithful in handling two people, The anointing of God over your life will increase to more people. So we give you three people. You you follow them nicely. Nicely you follow them. You teach them the word of God. They are not online. Sometimes you buy them airtime. You get them. Not that you are rich. You are the richest man alive. But you are just faithful in making sure that they are growing spiritually. You are taking care of them. You go and visit them. You talk about them. Not when we give you two. One of them is a girl. There's a challenge there. There's a relationship. And then... (laughs) Now you don't know whether you should date the person or not because you became too close. Mean business. When we give you people to disciple, mean business. Because now there's this one and then there's this Faithfulness. Are you following me? And then the Bible says in verse 3 of Daniel chapter number 9, I set my face towards the Lord God to make requests by Prayer supplications with fasting sackcloth and ashes I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession and said then he began to confess the problem we have in Exodus chapter number 12 verse 40 is that there was no intercessor to cause the word of God to come to pass Where was the the person who was called as an intercessor? Remember yesterday I told you that Moses was an intercessor, so I don't need to get into detail. Where was the intercessor? In a bush. Hmm. Running away from murder charges. And not being sure of himself. He was not sure of himself. Imagine God had to convince him. They were in somewhere in a bush with God. God and God had to perform. There are some people, God has to do things for them to believe in. God called an angel and start burning. Lord, how long? Just burn. The angel began to burn. God also had to warn the angel, don't burn anything. Huh? You don't burn anything but burn. Can you imagine? <laughs> and the angel was burning. You can imagine the way Moses made that angel go through. <laughs> burning but not causing anything to burn. And when and he was bending so that Moses can look. Because the Bible says, he said, let me go and look at what's happening. Wow. Meaning there could have been other encounters that God may have wanted to have to fulfill the 400 years. But Moses just wanted sheep. No, I'm married now. I have a child now. Let me focus. It just didn't want. Ooh. The angel had to bend, bend, bend. <laughs> and that angel was told bend until he looks. I don't imagine it was a very simple <laughs> burning. <laughs> <laughs> and then, because he was a, fa- and God was just, God was just hoping he comes close.
1: The
0: moment he looked, that's when God told him, "Come, come, come." <laughs> now the conversation there was also very difficult. I am going to send you to deliver my children. Oh, okay, why haven't you done it yourself? <laughs> no, because I am God. So I'm not allowed to interfere in the affairs of men. Just It's not yet time. All right, how am I going to know that you have called me? And God says, um, what do you have? And he says, a stick. <laughs>
1: Seriously a stick?
0: Okay, throw it there. Moses threw it. It turned into a snake. He almost ran. God said, no, no, relax. Hold it again. Ah no no, you hold it yourself. Hold <laughs> it you. He holds it, it turns back into a stick. He says, Wow, this is power. Okay. This is the power. Then he says, oh, but I'm not very convinced. I, I'm sorry to say this. I'm not, I'm creative, but I am not convinced. Then God said, okay, let's do another one. Put your hand in your mantle. Mm-hmm. Bring it out. And the hand was white with leprosy. Oh, no, 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 I And God put it back. They told him, told told him to put it back, remove it. It's back." Oh, indeed, you are my Lord. And then he says, "Okay, but I just have one more problem. I." I can't. I get it Moses, you don't need to finish the sentence. Who created the mouth? I know, yes, you know it's me, so I... (laughs) God, God, Moses got God angry at him. (laughs) And as a result of his anger, someone's calling was born. He says, okay, fine. I will make you like a god unto your brother Moses, unto your brother Aaron. Aaron will be your prophet. That's how Aaron's ministry was born, from an argument. It was born from an argument. It was not there. It was because Moses won a debate with God. He won. One last question. What should I tell them? (laughs) Tell them that I am that I am sent you. Moses didn't want to argue because he just thought, okay, but you know that name is like not so cool, but because I've argued with you a lot, let's just do this thing. Let's just do this. Moses' greatest warfare was in his calling. His calling was to be a prophet. Prophets must speak. Why was he stammering? Wow. So you find that people, people's greatest warfare[s] normally are a revelation of their calling. Wow. There's something for you there. Why are you broke every time? Even if you make money, someone blows it. But yeah, sometimes you are irresponsible, but they're just people who they are really responsible. There's a scripture I was studying the other time. First Corinthians chapter 16. Verse 7 says, I will not see you now by the way, but I trust to tarry a while with you, KJV, if the Lord permits. But I will tarry at Ephesus until Pentecost. For a great door and effectual is opened unto me. Now, I want you to look at it from the KJV. There's something very exciting there, very interesting. It says, a great door, or a great and effectual door, a great and sure door has been opened to me. KJV. No, this one is not showing what I want to see. So, those who have it on their phones, you notice that there are, the the phrase there are is in italics. Right? So, the way that the Bible was translated, when words are in italics, it means they were not there. But if they are not there, it will not make contextual sense. So that means the way that we are supposed to read this is this. For a great door and effectual is opened unto me and many adversaries. So to make make contextual sense, we say this. For a great and effectual door has been opened unto me, but there are also many adversaries. So it means that a great door has been opened to him. But there are also many adversaries. He's basically telling them, this is the situation. But then in principle, it's supposed to be, for a great door and effectual is opened unto me and many adversaries. In other words, it's automatic that when a door is opened. So the moment God, see, God the devil sees God opening a door for you, at the same time, he also begins to open ad- adversaries. Paul's calling was to be an apostle to establish many churches and to build, to build the body of Christ. But this time he's saying a great door has been opened. Synonym for great is also many. In other words, it's almost like tantamount. It's directly proportional as opposed to inversely proportional. He says, a great door has been opened, but great adversaries have also been released. The moment that the enemy sees that a great door has been opened, you and, and God has told you, 13 angels even came and shook your hand, that God has opened the door for you. At the same time, it doesn't guarantee you that you, because there are adversaries that are also released. But we see what Isaac did. The Bible says Isaac pleaded with the Lord. In other words, he prayed for his wife, and then God heard. And then the doors opened, and, the, and, and, and children were born to him. At the same time, we see that Daniel prayed, and movements were made back to where they were supposed to be at the time. So until there is prayer, the word of God will struggle to come to pass. Until prayers are made, the word of God may remain wishful thinking. Let me, let me quote you a scripture. Uh, I need you to write this one down. First Timothy chapter one. Uh, let's read verse eighteen. What does it say? This charge I commit to you, my son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by then you may wage the good warfare. So the, one of the purposes of a prophetic word in helping you to cause it to come to pass is to use it as a weapon of warfare. Now, if we say warfare, it already means that there are forces that are fighting the word which you, which you receive, I'm gonna read it from the Passion Translation, it says, Timothy, my son, I'm entrusting you with this responsibility in keeping with the first prophecies that were spoken over your life and are now in the process of fulfillment in this great work of ministry. Even in ministry, mm-hmm. ministers of the gospel, even in ministry. Yes, in keeping with the prophecies spoken over you, you have to keep with this encouragement, look at it, it says, use your prophecies as weapons as you wage your spiritual warfare by faith and with a clean conscience, hallelujah. So words are weapons of warfare. Because the Bible says in Proverbs eighteen nineteen, death and life are in the power of the tongue. But even better, if that word was already given to you, sometimes you need to tell the devil, ah, ah, the reason why we are not reaching this certain number is because we are for numbers. So now I decree and declare that in the name of Jesus, The prophecies of number are coming to pass. We are growing in numbers in the name of Jesus. We decree and declare that this place has become small for us. By the words which were given by our man of God. Sometimes you need to be like Daniel, you need to write them down. On this date and that date, I stand on that word. And I decree and declare I begin getting a salary more than 15,000. By the word which was spoken to me, by the dream that I had dreams are words from God that by this time I will have a wonderful wedding. I decree and declare any power holding my right woman from coming into the path, I command them to break. When you stand on that word, the word of, you see, this is why if you are not prayerful, you are in trouble. If you are not prayerful, listen, one of the things that the enemy uses to cause you not to have the word of God coming to pass is laziness in prayer laziness in prayer. You always feel like praying, but somehow you're always on your TikTok. You're in trouble. There's always an interesting video you're watching of Indians building a bamboo house in the forest. When you are done, then you know I've just wasted 13 minutes of my life. Of what profit was it to you Meanwhile, when they reach 13 million views, YouTube will pay them. So you are a consumer. But you are consuming, you can be fooled on a poisonous meal. You are tired, you can't pray, you are full. We need to pray. There are words on your life. Don't just expect them to come to pass in the blues we must spread them into manifestation. We empower them when we pray the words. Now, with this revelation in mind, I want you to stand. We're just gonna take some time to pray. The dreams that God gave you, the revelations that God gave you, the words that have been spoken in your life, I'm gonna give you two minutes. You are going to pray over your life. No one can pray for you like you. I want you to engage where you are. Begin to pray over yourself. I'm not saying you watch pornography. You don't, but you just waste your time watching all the wrong things that don't even benefit you. That, the Bible says, let us lay aside the sin and the weight. It's not every sin that weighs people down. Sometimes it's weights which weigh people down. Your interests. When you're going to shop, you want to spend the whole, the you are supposed to go and pray. When you want to study, you study like your life depends on it. Meanwhile, you must pray. And some people, they've got this courage to study even after producing a 40%.